Yeah, so as you said, mentioned, we did uh, get to see It Ain't Over, which is the documentary about Yogi Berra and his life. Uh, that was released in theaters last week. And some of us didn't even realize it was, like, you know, coming out, honestly, because I just feel like there wasn't a ton of promotion until, like, the week leading up to it. And that was it. Like, that's when I kind of feel like the promotional push went in. And I get it. Like, they're not expecting this to be some, like, Marvel Studios blockbuster or something like that. Like, it's a documentary, and that's cool. Uh, but I just felt like they could have had a little bit more promotion out there for it. But nonetheless, we did get to see it uh, Friday, which actually was Yogi's birthday. It was. He would have been 98. Yeah, no, which was, it was awesome. So I'm really glad we got to see that. Uh, we got to check it out in uh, the Lower East Side in a Regal Essex Crossing over there. Beautiful theater. Very nice so, theater. Very nice theater. Yeah, if you're in New York, you should definitely go check that out because that theater was was pretty darn nice. It was the first time I've been there. And I uh, definitely plan on going back there because that was it was really cool. So, mm -hmm. um, But as far as the film goes, it was really well done. I, I really enjoyed it. Lisa mentioned that we, you know, we had some laughs. You know, there was some tear jerking moments that that are in there um, as well. Some real like there's a lot of heart to it. Mm -hmm. But I love the fact of the beginning and end of it, where it comes from, because it comes from. A, it feels like it comes from a place like with his granddaughter, who was probably the one who looked like she kind of like took the lead and the reins on this thing, yeah, and. Yeah, Lindsay Berra, who also has a lot to do with her, uh, with the Yogi Berra Museum in New Jersey, uh, which we've talked about going to check out finally because we never we haven't had a chance to check that out. So maybe you know, perhaps this summer we're gonna we'll go ahead and make that happen. This shirt is actually a baseballism shirt from the Yogi Berra Museum. You can order it online. Um, nice. So, but um, yeah, so I love the fact that it comes from a place where it is showcasing Yogi as a player. On the field because and and Lisa, we've talked about Yogi before, and I really just feel like this is something that I've felt strongly about for a while. I, I feel like he's highly underrated as a baseball player at this point in time because of his personality was so big that it took over and superseded him as an actual player. But when you look at him as a player, he was a monster. Like, I mean, he was yeah. a <laughs> excellent ball player. And I feel like that just gets overlooked a lot. But this this movie, it sh it sh really shines the light on that. Besides this whole, it shows it showcases his whole life. It's not just his on the field, but the beginning and end of it very much drive home the fact that listen, don't forget that Yogi was a great baseball player and one of the most successful runs in Yankee history. So, um, Lisa, what were your overall thoughts on the on the film? So I don't know if you noticed during the movie, I was taking notes. The entire movie because I didn't want to forget anything that stood out to me and I ended up taking uh, what amounts to like three pages of notes in my phone <laughs> um, but there were some things I knew I knew that he was in the Navy I knew that he served in World War II um, there was one thing that I knew about him that they didn't mention where they it was like so quick you missed it about him owning the bowling alley um, I had read that um, but the things I didn't I knew he I knew he was you know like 10 rings, uh, didn't know he was an M the MVP three times. I did not know that. I knew he was a good player, um, but I didn't know some of the things 
that made him a really extraordinary player that like it's really hard to teach or copy that which yeah. one of his quotes that i love was about uh something about if you can't Im if you can't imitate him don't copy him or something yeah. like that or it might be yeah. the reverse of that um but one of the things that they said very early on was that his unconventional hitting style was because he had big hands and a quick bat swing. Um, and he said, if you pay close attention, a pitcher gives you his tells, right? So maybe if he's throwing a fastball, he leans in towards the catcher a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, like just something about like, you, you can't always see the way he's holding the ball until it gets thrown. Um, but something about his mannerism will give you a clue to the pitch that he's about to pitch. Yeah, um, he would pick up on uh, pitch tipping quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he did that with batters, too. He talked about, like, he would analyze the batters. He would try to psych them out. He would talk to them about things while they were in the batter's box, which I love. Um, so he was, like, he was such a smart and, and calculated and attentive player and I think that's the part of him that gets very underrated. And the fact that when he stopped playing and he, you know, got into like a managing and coaching role, every team that he worked with seemed to improve drastically. Yeah. No, he, he definitely did. And unfortunately, the one where he kind of got the short end of the stick is when he came back and managed the Yankees in the mid-80s, yeah. which, you know, that was during George's heyday of you know firing people left and right so on a whim yeah and i don't blame him and i i respect a grudge holder for that long i'm i'm a grudge holder i'm puerto rican it's part of my blood um so for him to hold a grudge for as long as he did with george steinbrenner i think was well deserved first of all because he was right george should have at least done it in person i can't believe he sent like an assistant to the assistant to fire him after only 16 games, that's ridiculous. Talk about morale killer on the team. Yeah. I, don't, I don't understand the rationale around that. Um, and then for George, like, I, I, from what I understand, like, Susan Waldman was the one that kind of was like, um, like, for George to wait that long and be that proud, I don't know. I, I, and that, that was far too long. And then when he came back, he was, I mean, he's, he's, He's been beloved since he first became a Yankee. Um, and you cannot underestimate the boost to a team that somebody like him can provide just because of who you are as a human being, let alone one of the greatest Yankees ever. Yeah, well, during George's, you know, I'll say heyday during the 80s and stuff like that. Um, well, I also actually – the whole Yankee relationship, Yankee fans relationship with George Steinbrenner is also very interesting because at this point in time, a lot of people, I mean, yes, he's passed away. And sometimes after someone passes, their time gets very romanticized if we're being completely honest over time and yes. the bad things kind of get glossed over. But if we're calling it how it was, George was extremely erratic and he was the one who was extremely stubborn and would fire and was impatient. And, he fired Yogi off a whim. And, yeah, I kind of respect him saying, you know, screw it. I'm not going back there. And while George is still the owner and Susan Waldman is the one who goes ahead and kind of got they got the ball rolling and got them to apologize. And the apology happened, like, immediately at that point once they got in, in person. Because I don't think – I can't I – mean, Yogi didn't want to 
do this thing. Like, but he was like, you know, a proud man. Also, I was like, screw it, I'm gonna. So both guys were standing their ground right there. Um, yeah, the difference is one of them did it with integrity. I agree. And the other did not. No, so. agreed. But that's what I think it was. It became more of like a a, a pissing contest in, in some ways at that point, where, where, as far as where George goes, you know, like George was just yeah. like, screw it, I'm not giving in. Not really yogis, but from George's, yeah, it became a pissing contest. And it was just like, all right, well, if Yogi doesn't want to come back here, then screw it. I'm not going to have him back here. And we're going to see who blinks first. And then thankfully it did get, you know, fixed up and everything. And it is incredible that on Yogi Berra day, when he did come back, that that's when David Cohen in 1999 threw his, his perfect game. And it was like the first pitch with Don Larson. Like you just, you can't make that stuff up. Like you just, you couldn't. If they, it put his way, if people didn't witness that actually happen and that was submitted in a movie script, they would be like, no, we're, we can't do that. It's, I mean, no, no uh, one's going to buy it. <laughs> so, so Joe Girardi, I think like always it was like easy to cry, right? Like very, like emotional, yeah. very in tune guy. But he started tearing up at one point when he was talking about that game, David Cohen's game, because mm -hmm. he asked Yogi, would you bless my glove and use it when Darn Larson throws out the first pitch to you? And then that happened, you know, yeah. I also like that. Um, I don't know who it was. I think it was like one of the writers from, um, uh, that said it, but they said Don Larson's always the one that's credited with the game, but Don Larson would have told you it was Yogi. Like he never shook Yogi off. Every pitch Yogi called, he threw. And, and that's what I think a lot of people, it's, it's funny that you mentioned it because it's true. There are a lot of perfect games, no hitters and things like that, or even a successful start. The pitcher gets credit. Oh, you know, this was David Wells' perfect game, David Cohen's perfect game, Doc Gooden's no hitter. The catcher has just as much to do with it as the pitcher does. Absolutely. They're the ones calling the game. So I, I think, you know, it's more in tune baseball fans will say, like, hey, you know, it was them together. And the pitcher is the first one that usually says it. Yeah. Like in the post game, like immediately, like, hey, listen, you know, whatever Joe, whatever Girardi wanted to throw down, I mean, I was there. Whatever Yogi wanted to put down, I would just follow his lead. And that's, it's important. And, Yogi as a catcher, you know, it was was tremendous. And the fact that he was able to put up the offensive numbers that he did while mostly playing catcher, because he did end up playing left field and stuff like that in various other positions later on when he needed to. But as a catcher, the fact that you can put up those numbers was insane. Uh, yes, there was uh, – I can't remember what season it was, and I'm not going to go looking for it now. But there was one season where he had, like, 24 strikeouts. Uh, tw like, he – like – in a season? Yeah. Come on. Uh, and as a catcher, he had 148 consecutive games without an error. I no. mean, that those types. And he caught 117 double headers in his career. Do you know how hard it is just to play catcher for 117 games, let alone 117 double headers? And 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 uh, as far as I know. He didn't have any of the health issues that a lot of other catchers have when they get older. Well, Yogi would tell you that he was lower to the ground. So. He was sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I love when he said that. <laughs> so Yogi's stat line, by the way, just just for, to bring you know more awareness to this. So he had for those with the advanced metrics, he had a WAR of fifty nine and a half, uh, and seven hundred uh, seven thousand five hundred fifty five at bats. He had uh, 2,150 hits, 358 home runs, a career average of 285, uh, 
1,175 runs scored, 1,430 RBIs, 30 stolen bases with an on-base percentage of 348, slugging percentage of 482, and an OPS of 830. And again, for more advanced metrics, an OPS plus of 125. So you had mentioned three-time MVP, Hall of Famer, 10-time World Series champion, 18-time All-Star. So, I mean, the resume speaks for itself. Um, and he definitely should have been, or they should have expanded that greatest living ball player thing that kind of got the ball rolling to five. And Yogi should have been right there with, you know, Johnny Bench and Sandy Koufax and Willie Mays. So it, it really, really needed to be there. So I'm just, I'm extremely happy that this has been brought to the forefront and gotten, gotten back out there because, I mean, he was just, he's highly underappreciated. I actually kind of felt in some ways that Lou Gehrig kind of gets some of that as well because it's like, oh, you played with Babe Ruth. And it's like, you know, you're, you know, you were kind of like the, the two guy. When you look at Lou Gehrig's stats, it's his are pretty outstanding, obviously, as well. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest ball players to ever live. But so is Yogi Berry. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so the part that made me cry, which Ed knows. Um, was when they were talking about his relationship with his wife, Carmen, and their family. Uh, and more, most specifically, I knew he died. You know, I knew he died several years ago, so that was no spoiler there. Um, but when they talked about kind of his last, um, you know, uh, his last months, and his wife died before him, and all of his kids swore that he was the one that was going to go first, uh, the things that he said to her on, on her last day, you know, like it was it was like perfectly like a yogi thing to say. And, and he made her laugh and uh, she went peacefully that evening, it sounds like. Um, and then he passed as well. But they, it sounds like, had such a beautiful marriage. I'm sure there were obviously ups and downs, which is in any relationship. But, you know, like they had a marriage of respect, love and fun, it seems uh three sons and i think 11 grandkids if i'm not mistaken um and i mean clearly one of his granddaughters is the one who you know like fought for this documentary she fought for him to get the presidential medal of honor which which he finally ended up getting um post-mortem i i think that says a lot about who he is as a human being as well you know, very loved and adored by his family, uh, loved and adored by the nation. Um, he, I love what he said. I'm trying to quickly find it um, about his yogiisms. Oh, the one thing I did not know was that he has eight quotes in like this book of quotes of famous people, which is the most by an American, <laughs> um, uh, which I thought was really cute. But um, I, I think... Um, a mental health professional that was briefly on it said, uh, yogi is the definition of simplexity, which is taking something complex and making it sound simple. And Derek Jeter says something about it as well. Derek Jeter said, uh, you know, like yogi would tell you if it looks good, swing at it. <laughs> and it always looked good to me. So I don't know what to tell you. It, like, you know, for him, he had a better view. Think about it. Think about Yogi Berra compared to Aaron Judge and the view yeah. that both of them get. Right. Mm-hmm. So Yogi Berra's view is much shorter and closer to the strike zone. So basically everything in his view is hittable. And that to me makes a lot of sense. 
Um, and then what I let, I love one of his quotes that he said, you can't think and hit the ball. I can't, he said, I can't think and hit the ball at the same time. Um, I don't know. I, if you think about that, yeah. Like, you no, it's true. It's absolutely true because yeah. Like if you're thinking about when you go to hit, if you're thinking about your mechanics and you're thinking about, I don't know, 6,000 different things, you, it's kind of what he's saying. Just simplify it. See the ball, hit the ball. And, mm -hmm. and that's it. Like, and it's true. You can't, you can work on a bunch of stuff before, but you can't do that while you're hitting. I mean, you, or you just need to narrow it down to like one thing and that's it. So they all do make sense. Like when you really think about it, it's just simplifying it. And I do love the fact in the documentary where they'll have like, uh, you know, like, like uh, Confucius or yeah, Alabama. and all this other stuff. And they'll have the Yogi version of it underneath. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's it is the same, same thing. thing. Same thing, just a lot easier to understand that way. <laughs> Absolutely. So that was another thing I I loved that they that they did here. Um, and you're right, learning about more about his personal life was was really interesting. And he even said too, like you had mentioned, he was in um, you know Battle of Normandy. Where it was just like, hey, you know, like baseball is not hard. You know, war. Yeah. You know, that's hard. Baseball is not hard. Baseball is fun. Yeah. So it's true though, but that puts it into perspective. It does. Know, and, it and I want to say this too. I think the 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 mindset that he had is the reason why he lived such a long life, too. Like I think he it seems like, you know, obviously we don't know everything, but it seems like he didn't really stress out over things. No. And I feel like when you when you live that way, and I'll be the first to admit it's hard to live that way. I, I'm not saying I do. Um but when you live that way, when you don't get stressed out about every little thing, especially things that we don't have control over, you're probably going to live a lot longer. Whether yeah. you smoke, drink, eat really bad food, you know, like you'll probably live longer just because you're not sweating all the small stuff. And I feel like that's kind of him personified. He didn't sweat the small stuff at all. And he found something nice or fun to say about everything. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess we're, with closing this part is just, you know, if, if you're a Yankees fan, if you're a baseball fan in general, you should definitely go ahead and check. I would highly recommend this. Go check it out. Catch it in the theater. I always will advocate, you know, seeing it in the theater. It's a, I, I don't know. I just, as also a, a movie lover, I just feel like the theatrical experience does add more to it. Um, so check it out while it's in its theatrical run. If you can, for whatever reason, I'm sure it'll probably be on Amazon Prime or and everything else, you know. Over, or eventually, not, yeah, or wherever it is, because I think it's yeah, it was Sony Pictures, and they don't really have their own streamers. So my guess is that was, my guess is Amazon Prime will probably have it, you know, at some point, probably in another month or two or something like that. But it was definitely yeah. worth it. So worth it. It was so much more than just baseball. And for a certain Met fan out there that likes to tune into our show, they talk about the Mets too. Yes, because they tell Yogi's whole story. So, you know, Correct. the Mets are a part of it. The Mets are a part of his story as well. So, yeah, highly recommend. Two thumbs up. I was know, just going to say, how many see. stars? How many stars, Ed? There you go. Um, yeah, I would, for documentary-wise, yeah, I would say four, four and a half stars. You know, it's a really good documentary. Like, again, not a movie. There's no actors in it. Or, and no one's playing Yogi Bear documentary. <laughs> so, um, yeah, check that out. From you, same thing. Two Two thumbs up or whatever it is. Two thumbs up. Uh, three steps up in a C formation. <laughs> for all of you living color fans. 
Yeah, four, four, uh, four and a half stars too. I agree. I, I thought it was very heartwarming and charming, and it left me feeling very happy, even though I was crying in the end. And both you and Joe had to check in on me. <laughs> yeah, I um, noticed it. I picked up on it. <laughs> yeah, but it was a happy cry. It was a very happy cry because I felt so connected, and I can't wait to go to the museum. Um, and, and check out all the other things that they have there. So, and, uh, the other fun fact, one of his nieces runs a bed and breakfast in his childhood home. Yes, that's right. Pretty cool too. That's right. Uh, When I was in, um, one of the times I went to Baltimore, they had, it's not a bed and breakfast, but they have Babe Ruth's childhood home as a museum because he did, he was grew up in Baltimore and it's in walking distance from Camden Yards. So another one to check out with that. But yeah, I would like to go ahead and, and check all of that stuff out next time next time I'm in Missouri which yeah does happen I, it, I does happen it, it does happen for you it does happen for me it does happen for me, so <laughs> I have to make that a, a stop there um all right so that takes us to the current Yankees